Church in Sally, South Carolina. We pray God's richest blessings for you as you study His Word. You know, years ago, I knew a kid in a youth group, and I won't use his name, but he used to have this knack for telling stories. And when I say telling stories, I don't mean he was a good storyteller. I mean he was a good liar. And, you know, he's 15, 16 years old. Maybe it was because he was wanting people to uh, include him or like him or be interested in what he had to say. But he always had stories that were just, and I mean this literally, incredible, like not believable. But it didn't stop him from committing to... I mean, he was really tried to be convincing, and it was just, and it wasn't even stuff like, you know, for example, if I wanted to fudge a little bit, I'd say, I caught this fish the other day, it was this long. Now, it might have been like this long. All right, but I'm not talking about just a little bit, or like, I killed this deer last fall, and it was, you know, 23 inches on the inside, and had 12 points, and, you know, I, I could, and maybe it was really like 18, and had... Eight point, but just a little bit of exaggeration. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like stuff just off the charts. Not even it's like not even trying to fool somebody. You know what I mean? And and he just committed to these stories, and he would tell them and and get offended if people didn't believe it. I wonder what it was like early Sunday morning when a group of women went to a tomb and found things in an unbelievable state. What were they going to tell the disciples? And we'll see, the disciples did not believe a word they said. It sounded incredible. Unbelievable, literally unbelievable. But it was true. And so... I'd like us to turn in our Bibles today to Luke chapter 24. And I want to make a statement and ask a question. Jesus is alive. So, so what? What does it really matter to you? Or maybe I should phrase that differently. Does it really matter to you? Luke chapter 24. And I want to read the text that I've got up on the screen there, um, and I want to just everybody follow along. It's not going to be on the screen today. Uh, I just want everybody to look in the Bible, and, and even if it's on your phone, just look in the Bible, read the words, follow along, and then I want to just make some, some uh, application of this truth. And, and here's the danger today. The story is not unfamiliar. It's Easter Sunday. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. So people know the story, but I wonder if we know the true and full meaning behind the story. Hopefully we'll see that today. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared, and they found a stone rolled away from the tomb, 
But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee? saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense. And they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only. He went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into His glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. Now down to verse 44. Now He said to them, this is Jesus speaking to His disciples, Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem." You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. 
but you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Father, in Jesus' name, please speak to us today. Please speak clearly. Speak loud. If you do nothing, then nothing will be done. So we pray you would work in us, open our hearts and minds, help us understand, and prompt us to be obedient. We pray for the glory of Christ. Amen. You know, I could give you three points, and it would be pretty clear. And I could make a few statements, and, and I may just do that. But I want to point out some key statements in this Scripture. Let me give you the three things that, that are clear throughout this passage that we've read today, this chapter. Three things really quickly and really clearly. First of all, believe the Word of God. Second, trust the plan of God. And third, obey the commission of God. Believe the Word of God. Trust the plan of God. Obey the mission of God. That's really what this boils down to. But there's more to it than that. Because when you look at this text that I just read, and you... You zero in on some key phrases. So I hope you still have your Bibles open. Because I want to point out some phrases that we see in this text of Scripture that are really profound. Verse 1. The ladies brought the spices with them. You see that? It says, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. You know what that means? They expected to find a dead body. They brought the spices. That means they didn't believe. At least, not at that point, because they brought the spices. They were going to complete the burial process. Their faith was lacking at that point. Verse 3, they didn't find the body. Verse 4, they were perplexed. Let me tell you a little secret. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I, I want you to know this. Uh, from, from this day forward, you might be today years old when you learn this truth. Jesus was gone from the tomb before the stone was ever rolled away. Do you hear me? Jesus was gone from the tomb before the stone was ever rolled away. You know why it was rolled away? Not so Jesus could get out, but so we could get in. We needed to go in and see. But Jesus didn't need the, the stone out of the way to walk out. He's God. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. He's alive forevermore. He doesn't need a stone moved out of His way. They didn't find the body. They were perplexed. Verse 6 Mm, verse 6. 
remember how He spoke to you. I'm going to make an assumption looking out over the congregation today that everybody in here, maybe a few exceptions for those very young, everybody in here has a Bible. If it's not a, a hard copy in their hand, it's it, at the very least everybody who's got a smartphone has got access to Scripture. Remember how He spoke to you. You know what you have to do to remember? You've got to know something first. You've got to read something first or hear something first before you can remember. You can't remember something you had never seen. Right? Remember how He spoke to you. Remember the Word. Believe the Word of God. Verse 8. And they remembered His words. See, it took a heavenly messenger to jar the memory of these poor ladies at the tomb because they went there with a handful of spices to complete a burial process for someone who had died. They, they couldn't see verse 6. Remember how He spoke to you? Didn't he, didn't he tell you that He would die and He would rise again? Hasn't He told us that? What, what has Jesus told us? Hadn't He told us a lot of things? A lot of things. So here's the question for us. Why am I continually shocked and surprised when God does something amazing. Why? Hadn't He told me? Hadn't He made promises? Don't I know who He is? Isn't He almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent? Isn't that the truth? It's a good spot to say amen. In God who He says He is? Do I not remember what he said? They remembered his words. But then of course they're just they're just women. So they go back to report. Verse 11. But these words appeared to them, the disciples, as nonsense. And they would not believe them. Now here's the first eyewitnesses and they are not believed. So here's the application for us today. Number one, you remember? I said it just a minute ago. Believe the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. Number two, trust the plan of God. Now, when you get to verse 13 and you go down to verse 27, you see two, two disciples walking on the road. They're on, and to get this, they're on a seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And Jesus shows up 
And he's just walking, he's listening. He knows what they're talking about. And he plays dumb. This is one of the funniest, funniest interchanges here, I think. Uh, it's comic relief, if you appreciate that. It's not just straight out funny, but it's comic relief. Jesus walks up in verse 17 and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase, okay, for, for, uh, for my people. What y'all talking about? Alright, here's the response. Verse 18. You ain't from around here, are you? That's, that's basically what just happened. Because he asked him what they were talking about, and the one looked at him and said, Are you the only person here that doesn't know what's going on? You don't know what's happened? And then verse 19. Here's the comic relief. Verse 19. Look what Jesus says. What things? What are you talking about? I mean, it's Jesus. He's, he's lived it. He's done it. It's Him. It's all about Him. And He asked them, What things? Tell me. Tell me the story. So they tell Him, verse 19, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers delivered Him to the sentence of death. Now here's a key, key phrase. Verse 21. Look at the first words of verse 21. We were hoping. We were hoping He was the one. Well, spoiler alert. He is the one. He's always been the one. He'll always be the one. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. We were hoping it was He who was going to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it's the third day. So you know what that tells me? They remembered something, He said. It's the, it's the third day. And we get this report. All these things have happened. We didn't really believe it, but it is the third day. So, now, the sad part of this second point Trust the plan of God. I've got so much in here I'd love to say, but it's just not going to happen. Verse 25. I pray, I pray that none of you hear these words from verse 25. Oh, you foolish men. Slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have said. You know what that means? I'll show you. There is one word that Jesus uses for these men who did not believe His word. Because He said, well, all that the prophets have spoken. You know what that is? That's this, this big thick part of my Bible here, the, the Old Testament. How foolish. That's the word. Foolish to not believe what we have in front of us. It's not, it doesn't even say it's unwise. It doesn't even say it's uh, unfortunate or uh, not... not um, 
not a good thing or you know it's not to your advantage he says it's foolish it's foolish not to believe all the prophets have spoken your your heart is slow your hearing is sluggish it's dull it's uh, it's not what it ought to be let me read you this quote from Leon Morris. He says, Jesus goes on to point out that the root of the trouble was their failure to accept what is taught in Bible prophecy. The prophets had spoken plainly enough, but the minds of Cleopas and his friend had not been quick enough to grasp what was meant. The word all is probably important. They had no doubt seized on the prediction of the glory of the Messiah, but it was quite another thing to take to heart the prophecies that pointed to the darker side of Jesus' mission. But the dark side was there in the prophecies. And this means that the passion of Christ was not simply a possibility that might or might not become actual depending on the circumstances. It was necessary. Look at your Bible. Verse 26. It was necessary. Let me ask you a question. Are you a Christian? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust in Jesus? Are you forgiven of your sins? Are you promised eternal life? You going to heaven when you die? Was it not necessary for any of that to be true? That Jesus died for you? He died. He willingly, voluntarily, purposefully died. A terrible, terrible death. So that all those things can be true for the one who has faith in Christ. The one who believes in Jesus, who trusts completely in Him, surrenders to Him. It was necessary. Written in the prophets as it was, it had to happen. The Christ must suffer. But that is not the end of the story. He must also enter into His glory. Verse 26. God is not defeated. He triumphs through the sufferings of the Christ. So what, what we read and maybe skim over real quickly and don't fully grasp and understand, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things? And was it not necessary for Him to enter into His glory? This was all part of the plan of redemption from, from eternity past. This is what God had planned. And, and before we think that the Old Testament is not that crucial to our understanding of what's happening today, what we're celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, before we think the Old Testament isn't all that important, J.C. Ryle wrote, Christ 
was the substance of every Old Testament sacrifice ordained in the law of Moses. Christ was the true deliverer and king of whom all the judges and deliverers in Jewish history were types. Christ was the coming prophet greater than Moses. Christ was the true seed of the woman who was to crush the serpent's head. The true seed in whom all nations were to be blessed. The true Shiloh to whom the people were to be gathered. The true scapegoat. The true bronze serpent. The true lamb to which every daily offering pointed. The true high priest of whom every descendant of Aaron was a figure. These things are something like them. We have no doubt were some of the things which our Lord explained on the road to Emmaus. Every single part of the Old Testament points to Jesus. How foolish and slow of heart to believe what the prophets have spoken. It's all right there. Believe the Word of God. Trust the plan of God. Obey the mission of God. Don't get ahead of me, Daisy. I'm, I'm, I'm landing the plane, I promise. Sometimes I think she preached better than me. Obey the mission of God. The last portion of this text from verse 44, Jesus told His followers all of these things while He was still with Him before the cross. Before the cross, He told them what to do. The law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all speak about Jesus the Messiah. There is, listen, listen to what I'm about to say. There is no part of Scripture that does not bear witness to Jesus. It all points to Him. He's the main character. Jesus gave them understanding of the Scriptures. He said it is written. The Bible tells us the true story. Christ had to suffer and rise on the third day. So, here's the statement. Jesus is alive. Here's the question. So what? That ought to be pretty easy to answer, right? So what? We are supposed to take this information since Jesus says specifically in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. What's the number one primary task of a good witness? Testify. Testify to the truth. That's the job of a witness. If you're in the courtroom and you get called to the witness stand, you place your hand on the Word of God and say, I solemnly swear that the testimony I am about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and the nothing but the truth. So help me God. The testimony I'm about to give. That's what a witness does. You testify. We're supposed to take this truth, verse 47... Repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses. So, so that's our job. We're witnesses. 
So what, what's our task? Testify. Testify to the truth of the gospel. Tell the truth. Share the gospel. Tell somebody about Jesus. Obey the mission of God. You know, as, as human beings, we, we can get conditioned by our environment to where we treat most everybody with some degree of skepticism. And we have the potential to doubt what we're told kind of as a default response. You know, like we want to see some evidence before we believe something. We tend to want to see that before we commit to believing or agreeing. And that might be natural when we're dealing with humanity. But God's different. God is unique. God's Word is unique. God can be trusted. He is faithful and true all the time. His Word is not only perfect and accurate, it is sufficient. Sometimes we we get in these debates and arguments about the inerrancy and the infallibility of God's Word, the inspiration of God's Word, that it can't have error. It, you know, it's, it has no error and it, it's inspired by God and that's all true. But what about its sufficiency? It's enough. God's Word is enough. Just like I always say, that old saying... God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Wrong. That little middle part doesn't belong. God said it, that settles it. Our, our belief, our lack of belief, does not affect the truth that God has spoken. He, he, let God be true and every man a liar. Isn't that what the Bible says? God's Word is true. We believe the Word of God. We trust in the plan of God. We obey the mission of God. Because God has never lied. He can always be trusted. So we have a job to do. And that's really the so what of today's message. What are we supposed to do with the Word of God? What are we supposed to do with the truth of the resurrection? Well... Some of you may be sitting here today and you may be wondering, well, what can I do? I, I have my own struggles. I have my own problems. I, I have my own difficulties. I'm not in a position to really serve or do anything for God. You might be sitting here today and you might be thinking, well, I'm struggling with anger or greed or lust or pride or hatred or lying disobedience, envy. I might be struggling with all these things. But there is there's a remedy for that. There's a remedy for all our sin. And we celebrate the, the culmination of that weekend today. But the resurrection would not be possible if it were not for the crucifixion. We need to get back in touch with the power of the cross.
information on Berlin Baptist Church, we invite you to explore our website at www.berlinchurchsc.org.